He is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. When I think of Mother's Day, I think of those wonderful days when you are young and you are afraid. And I specifically remember so many times in your room, in my room, I wasn't in your room, and uh, as a little kid, and you're scared of something, it could be a storm, lightning's falling, or whatever it is, something's beneath the bed. You cry out. This is when you're really little, and mom comes in, and she holds you, and gives no answers to what exactly is going on. Maybe tries to talk you out of, you know, it's just a storm, it's going to be okay. But what gives you comfort is that embrace. Maybe she sings, I think my mom always sang, Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Mama's going to buy you a mockingbird. If that mockingbird, what, doesn't sing. It's uh, kind of a sad song, actually. <laughs> Daddy's going to buy you a diamond ring or something. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It didn't comfort me. <laughs> the words itself. What did? The voice. The voice of mom. And she's with you. And it's going to be all right. And it's all that you needed to know. Now, I get to do that. I get to say thanks to my mother for that. Many others out you do as well. But I know also many people don't have that ability to do that because their mom is with the Lord. Maybe they didn't have a mom. Or maybe they have a, a strangled relationship with their mom right now. Or maybe they're trying to be a mom. So what gives us comfort? What holds us tight? No matter what we have or we do not have in this day and age. We see a greater way that God provides for us. It's hard to imagine better and greater than a mom. But we see that in Jesus. Today's uh, gospel reading, I just love these words. The disciples uh, might have been feeling like I was feeling so long ago, three years old, four years old, in my own bed, in the darkness, and afraid. They had just seen, it's Thursday night, yeah, it's Thursday night. Jesus had just told everyone that someone among them, the close-knit group, was going to betray him. He had been talking about how he was going to Jerusalem and they were going to arrest him and kill him. Surely the disciples were a little concerned, a little frightened. Their world was spinning. What in the world is about to happen? They were scared and confused. And Jesus says these powerful words. Let not your hearts be troubled. Do you need to hear that today? Let not your hearts be troubled troubled. Trust in God, believe in God, and of course they do. They're Jews, disciples, they know the Torah. But then Jesus says, believe also in me. He egotistically equates himself with God. Is it true? In my Father's house are many rooms, he says. There's plenty of space, is what he means. There's so much space You'd be amazed how much room there is in God's house 
for even you. No matter what you have done, what's been done to you, how little you feel, how small you feel, there's plenty of space for sinners. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Isn't that just, that's just beautiful in and of itself. Jesus looks at them frightened and huddled, sinners that they are. I mean, these guys fought the whole way with one another. They had the craziest ideas of what God had come to do. They looked down on other people. They were always judging others. And yet Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. There's going to be plenty of space even for you. And if I'm going to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, you may also be. Don't worry. I'm going to take care of you. Jesus is not simply talking about he's going to cure this plague. I'm sure they had worse plagues in Jesus' day that they weren't even talking about. They're just normal. But he's talking about salvation, eternity. He's talking about resurrection. He's talking about removing the barrier between God and man. He's talking about finding the rebellious son that's wandered away. I'm going to do it, Jesus says, myself. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to personally take you there. Jesus says, I'm going to come, and I'll take you to myself, so where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, I love Thomas, he's very honest, isn't he? He was honest in the resurrection, remember that? He's the same guy that says, I didn't see any of this. It sounds pretty crazy that Jesus rose from the dead because I saw him dead. So I need to see it for myself. God bless the guy saying what we were all thinking. Same thing here. Jesus talking in lofty terms. I'm going away. And he says, you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas is the one who says, hey, uh, Lord, we don't know what in the world you're even talking about, right? We don't know the way. We don't know where you're going even. How can we know the way? This is humanity. Jesus said to him, think about these words. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known the Father or God. From now on, you do know God that are looking right at him. What is the way? Isn't this a summary of the challenge of, of life for all people? Right now, we have all these voices of the way out of this pandemic, the way to uh, economic recovery, right? And everyone's arguing about the fact that they have the way and your way's not right to the point where people actually do not want to agree in any way because we don't want to give anybody credit for maybe having the right answer. That's how confused sinners get. Jesus, Satan loves this confusion. <laughs> he loves it when people are arguing about nothing, about little things. 
He loves the fact that people can't trust anybody as they search for a way, and in this case, a way out of this pandemic. But this is the human life in general. If it's not this pandemic, it's something else. How do we get out of here? How do we get through this life? How, what way is there that I can enjoy life and, and, and you know, have a happiness at the same time, not be afraid of death? What is the way to eternal life? What is the way to having a decent job and a decent family and a good marriage? So many books, so many religions that lay out steps that you can take, that you can follow, paths that will lead you to that promised land. That's really what it's all about. Everybody, every politician, every philosopher, every religious hero, it's the same thing. I've got the way. And it's always a bunch of things to do. Details to figure out. Stay on that narrow path. Don't fall off it. The way to a better life, the way to losing weight. All these ways, right? Thomas is honest, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. Jesus answers something that is not given in any other religion, philosophy, or practical guide to a better life. He doesn't give a list of steps. He doesn't tell Thomas, well, if you obey the law and you do what I say, you eventually get to heaven. He doesn't say, go back and change this and change that in your life or make it better or say, say you're sorry to somebody or give this large list of things. He doesn't say, you need to eat this on Tuesdays and don't eat it on Wednesdays. He doesn't give a list. He doesn't give a map. What does he say? I am the way the truth, and the life. The way to eternity, the way to resurrection living forever, the way to your sins being forgiven, the way to have joy and peace today, even while all the craziness is around us, is not a plan, it's not a map, it's not a list of things to do. It's not even a bunch of teachings you need to memorize. It's a person. It's Jesus. He's the way. He didn't tell Thomas anything else more than that. I'm the way. I'm the truth in life. You know what that is? What he's saying? It's just like my mom. Scared and worried. How am I going to get out of there? How am I going to not be scared anymore? I'm going to make it through the night. What's the ultimate answer? She is with me. I knew everything would be all right. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. Christianity is not a religion in the sense of a bunch of things to figure out and do. A bunch of riddles you need to figure out. A bunch of steps you need to take. There's no grand poopa in the uh, Christianity you're not Cub Scouts and then Boy Scouts, and eventually you are going to be this in Christianity. We're all little babies, frightened. Jesus takes us himself.
holds our hands in baptism with the words, I forgive you in the blood of Christ, you will rise again. And even though the world around us doesn't change at all, they're still frightening, they're, we're still worried about our job, and we still don't know about this coronavirus, but we do know one thing, that we are in, we are, we are on the way. We are with the way, the, the way, the destiny has us by the hand. Jesus, firmly, as he says, I will come and take you myself. And brothers and sisters in Christ, it's that joy and peace and hope that's found in Christ's presence and his words, I forgive and I'll raise you up, that we want all of Chicago to know. It is the first and it is the last thing that we do. Everything that we do at St. James revolves around that, that all of Chicago has in their heart the hope and the peace and the joy that is in Jesus Christ as a free gift. And he sends us out. That's why we exist. Every little thing that goes on here, every building that we have, every teacher, principal, pastor, council, deacons, everything that we have, the one goal is that people have in their heart the hope and the peace of Jesus Christ, that they feel the warm arms of the Savior. We don't have promises as a pastor. I'm not going to go around giving my opinion exactly how we should get out of this pandemic. What's the right answer? Should we open up now or should we open up later? It's not my business. In a sense, I could care less. We are here as a church and I'm here as a pastor to tell you about the way, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That no matter how this thing all works out, no matter how you do in life, no matter whether or not you fail, no matter whether or not you sin, that Christ has you. That Jesus died for you and rose again. Jesus says these words. I'm not sure Thomas knew what in the world he was talking about still. Until he saw Jesus die for him. Prepared a place even for Thomas the doubter even for you. And three days later, rose again from the dead. Place prepared. All of your sins paid for. The barrier between you and living in the presence of God, not just tomorrow, but right now, is gone. And if you wonder whether or not there's life after death, Jesus showed Thomas the wounds in his hands in his resurrected body. And many others. It's going to be okay. Jesus is the way. And you don't need to know how. And you don't need where your life's going to go or how many more years you're going to live or whether or not your bank account's going to do well or whether or not you're going to have a job. Or you don't need to know when exactly we're going to get out of this pandemic, which you will. All you need to know is Jesus has you. And may that fill you with that joy and that peace that he's got your hand so you can deal with any challenge and not be afraid. And may God bless the work of this church in this city, that we are the hands of Jesus going out into people's lives and grabbing them like God has grabbed us and giving them the hope and the peace that's in Christ so they too will know God. In Jesus' name, amen.